0: See, I knew that's what would happen. I I knew that when I showed that picture, uh, people were going to go. aw. nobody was going to go. What? Uh, isn't that just? I just found. Isn't that a pretty picture? Doesn't it? When you look at that picture, what does it make you think of? You didn't do it. I. Uh, there's a separate. Chuck, your mind is going in. Uh, I'm praying for you, brother. said, (laughs) (laughs) father's love, love, right? The father's love. You see, uh, I I think on the internet, the the ratio between pictures of a mother's love and a father's love is probably like 10 to 1 in favor of moms. Uh, So, but there is that. That's just super, super peaceful, super... Encouraging. Thank you, Jesus. And you know what I think? I'm just guessing here. My suspicion is that this is not this may not be staged. You know, not necessarily. Hey, let's get a guy who looks like a father, and let's get somebody else who looks like a baby, and let's put them together, and let's take a picture of them. This looks like a real father and a real baby to me, right? Doesn't it? I mean, that's it looks natural. It looks natural and peaceful and wonderful. Thank you God, thank you God. Uh, it looks way different than this picture um, i just i 'm still in awe that that they found that archaeologists back in January found this little piece of of a clay seal that belonged to the prophet Isaiah. You have no idea how rare this is uh, there 's um, there are lots of archaeological artifacts. There are lots of pots, and there's lots of shards, and there's lots of... I mean, you can, if you, When you're doing an archaeological dig, what you mostly find is garbage. You find stuff that's been thrown away or burned up or broken, uh, and nobody wanted it anymore, so they threw it in a hole. Or maybe, maybe a, a fortress was burned down, and then it all caught on fire, and it all collapsed. Um, and so... Um, personalized evidence, especially of famous people, is very difficult to, to identify. And yet, here we have the prophet Isaiah, who wrote Isaiah, who wrote the longest book in the Bible. The, Isaiah, who wrote uh, what arguably we would might call the first gospel, because it's the, in the Old Testament. It talks more about Jesus than any other book in the Old Testament prophesies about Jesus. The, the book of Isaiah. Uh, you can almost know everything you needed to know about G- Jesus from reading the book of Isaiah if you never saw the Gospels. Uh, matter of fact, that's why good Jews today are still looking forward to the coming of a Messiah because they know from reading the book of Isaiah that a, ma- that a Messiah is supposed to come. Um, they, Christians and Jews disagree about some of the prophecies in Isaiah and the Jews thought they were getting a conquering king with swords, not somebody who was going to die on a cross. So... Uh, Isaiah 51 just bothers the heck out of them. But the the point is, Isaiah wrote all that stuff. And here it is, right here. Um, for a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest upon his shoulders. He'll be born in Bethlehem. <laughs> And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal or Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. So we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. This wonderful name of Jesus, the wonderful name of the coming king, the wonderful name of this child that's going to be born to be a king. Wonderful name here. This is, and this is all pulled out of Isaiah chapter 9. Wonderful is the Hebrew word that means beyond our understanding or comprehension. It doesn't just mean, oh, cool. Oh, did you see Anna dancing last night? She was wonderful. No, that was, it was, I have no idea how she did. It was amazing. Yes, she was there. Anna, there were like 350 people there. So, um, you were, and all the lights were shining right in your eyes, so. Um, but they, they all told me afterwards, every one of those 350 people that I to said you were the best one. So, <laughs> uh, so, But wonderful, the Hebrew word doesn't mean what we say it does in English. It isn't, oh, isn't that cool? Isn't it nice? It is, oh my goodness, what was that? It, what just happened? I've never experienced anything like that in my life. It's, it's the Emphasis is on wonder. When you say his name is wonderful, it's like, never met anybody like this in my whole life he is full of wonder and in his presence my heart is filled with wonder about how such an incredible opportunity should exist that I could even be in God's presence without being squashed like a bug that's wonderful so uh, he will be called wonderful uh, and so i'm humbled and i'm totally in awe of his presence we, have, we already ever experienced god like that how often do we ever experience god with an edge of wonder about it that's, except god i'm wondering when it is you're going to answer my prayer cuz i don't got all day and instead of just being in the presence of god saying it's it's god i'm just amazed and i'm in awe of you being in your presence is the most humbling thing that's ever happened Call his name wonder, wonderful. Then he'll also be called counselor. Based on a Hebrew word that refers to a particular type of wisdom. Sometimes we say people are smart. means they have a lot of knowledge. And then we say they're wise, which means they know what to do with their knowledge. Like uh, John Alexander, right here in the front row, is filled with knowledge about how to repair boards on pinball machines, right? Tell me something important that we should all know if you are going to try to repair a pinball machine. First thing you need to know. Check your fuses first. Check the fuses first. Uh, uh, and, and Mike would say the first thing you ought to do well, if your computer isn't working right is what? Restart it. Restart it, that's right. That's, uh, that's, that's right. Reboot. So, so, so that's important knowledge to know. Now, so he knows, he has a lot of knowledge about pinball machines, but wisdom would be knowing how to put that all knot together instead of just taking a ball-peen hammer and whacking it all over the place. That doesn't work. <laughs> don't, do, don't do that. So, so wisdom would be knowing that you can't use a ball-peen hammer most of the time to fix a pinball machine. Uh, but that's not what this is. That's not this kind of wisdom. There's a special word here. Uh, it's not just somebody who's wise beyond their years. It's bigger than that. It's referring to the wisdom and authority that the king has to make decisions and takes actions that change history. The kind of wisdom to bring peace where there was uh, disaster. The kind of wisdom to understand how to negotiate treaties. The kind of wisdom that knows how to strategically plan six years ahead and so you can protect your country in times of famine. The kind of wisdom that involves... Uh, that it carries great responsibility with it because your your decisions are going to change the history of the people that you rule over. That kind of wisdom, wonderful counselor. When you put those together, what we've been talking about um, <clears throat> the king who makes decisions and takes actions that change history. And oh my goodness, what was that? What would just happen? I've never experienced anything like that in my life. I'm totally humbled and in awe. That's when. When Isaiah says, and you will call him Wonderful Counselor, that's what he's saying. Not just, hey, you're wonderful and you gave me good advice. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, It's like, my relationship with this king has completely changed my life, and I am humbled and I'm in awe. Call his name Wonderful Counselor. Last week, I loved this. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. And, and this isn't, doesn't refer to someone with stupid amounts of physical strength or, or irresistible resist, power, like Hulk Hogan. And I'm the Prince of Pain. <laughs> no, that's not what we're talking about. Not the Incredible Hulk. Not that. <clears throat> Mighty God. The, the Hebrew word is El Gibor. Let's all say that together. El Gibor. El Gibor. Do it again, El Gibor. All right. I, it means strong or mighty, but it, it's, it also has a particular application. It applies to heroes in the Old Testament. This word El Gibor applies to heroes like Nimrod in Genesis ten, or the mighty wars of King J- David in Second Samuel. The heroes, the people who, who not only have strength, but they use their strength in the aid of those who are desperately in need. Implies bravery, courage, and action in the service of others. And then these three little birds that... Uh, what, when, this isn't funny, y'all. Yep. Yep. Mark, Mike's getting another cup of coffee, and he has no idea what just happened here. But it was not, it was completely not my fault. Okay, uh, courage and act to the service of others. And, and, uh, and it would look like, here's a couple of pictures of El Gabor. Remember this? And go, El Gabor, the, the hero coming to my rescue. El Gabor, who's holding me up, who saved me from myself. El Gabor, the hero, the, the mighty God who interview, intervened for me when I was st- caught with the murder re- weapons in my hand, the hammer and the spikes that nailed him to the cross, and yet <clears throat> he is still rescuing me. He still intervened on my behalf. He's still coming to my aid. So now we have mighty counselor. We've got wonderful counselor, mighty God. The king who makes decisions and takes actions that change history. Oh my goodness, what was that? I've never experienced anything like that in my life. I'm humbled. I'm totally in awe. Because I now know he is a king who will always behave heroically and selflessly and use his power to deliver me, never to oppress me or intimidate me. One, We call his name. This child that's going to be born to you, his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. And now today, Everlasting Father. <clears throat> so, here's what I... I read a little commentary this week by somebody. that made sense to me that Isaiah is probably not... When he's saying this child is going to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, he's probably not referring to Jesus being... He does not saying that Jesus is the Father, because even though it's kind of confusing in some instances, the Trinity kind of sorts all that out. The, the role, uh, there are distinct roles inside the Godhead, and the Father is a distinct role, and the Son is a distinct role, and the Holy Spirit is a di- is distinct role inside the Godhead. So we are not thinking of Jesus as the Father, but here's something that... Uh, and there might still be a fatherly function in our relationship with Jesus because for this reason in old testament times kings were viewed as the fathers the father figure the the person wielding the the authority and the responsibility for the benefit and the blessing of their subjects so the everlasting father a good father uh, it would be the responsibility of the king to take care and make sure that his people were safe and his people were fed, his people were protected, his people were. So, so the, in a, a fatherly kind of function. So, uh, the, more than that, though, there's an important difference here. Everlasting. Loving and nurturing that never stops, no matter what. You enter into a relationship with this wonderful counselor, mighty God. He's also a nurturer, a protector that never stops, never gives up, no, never goes away, never lets go. Tell me what's talking, so it's kind of like this. Tell me what's happening in, in this picture. Somebody tell me the story behind this picture. The wedding father, this is the story of the prodigal son. It like yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is Gene Hall when he was 30. Uh, um, but this is, boy, I, I, I searched a bunch of pictures, and there's some great pictures, but I found, I found this one. Uh, you see... The urgency and the intensity, I mean, he's running. He's running. He's been, this father, uh, the father of the prodigal son, has been sitting on his front porch every day, day after day, week after week, month after month. We don't know how long. In the parable, in the gospel, it doesn't say how long the father waited. Just that he waited and watched. Every day, and when he sees the sun coming far off, he starts running. Starts running. Now you've got the sun. On the other hand, who who knows he's in trouble? He knows he made a terrible choice. He knows that he was stupid and selfish. Uh, He he knows that now he's desperate. If he doesn't find some way, he feels like it's now all up to him to fix his relationship with his father somehow, so so that somehow maybe he can at least uh, sleep in a pile of feed sacks and the back end of a barn and uh, labor at hard labor in the fields uh, just to get a meal a day. Because anything is better than sleeping with pigs and waking up drunk every night. and so, on one hand, you've got the you've got the son, kind of trudging, mostly looking at his feet, <clears throat> slouching, tail between his legs, just got to get this over with. I've just got to get this over with. I hope this works. I've just got to get this over with. I hope. I hope there's still a place for me here. What a jerk, what an idiot I've been. Just a trudge. And so he's, he's probably not only, he's, he's probably not even looking at the big house. He's just trying to force himself to keep one foot right in front of the other. In the meantime, here comes his father. His father sees him coming from far off. And his father is just overwhelmed, just thrilled to see finally, finally, finally. He's waited so long, and he can see the, the silhouette of his son. He can't see his face, facial features yet. And certainly, he's not recognizing the clothes, because his son probably had to hock off his good clothes months ago, uh, probably just wearing a burlap sack. and. But he can still recognize in that silhouette, this is my boy, this is my boy, this is my boy. And he's yelling out orders to people and he is ripping down the path and meeting him, throwing his arms around him. And the son has this, you know, the big speech all rehearsed. You say, God, I've sinned against God and I've sinned against you, Uh, Father please just uh, be merciful to me and let me just come to work for you as a hired hand and I'll, I'll stay out of your way. You never have to acknowledge me again. He, did, he doesn't get the words out of his mouth because the father f- scoops him up and hugs him. And before he even know what's going on, a royal robe has been put on his shoulders and a, and a signet ring has been put on and, they, and he's in the middle of a big party that he totally, totally, in no way, absolutely does not deserve. So the everlasting father. The father who never gave up. The father who never quit. The father who, never, the father who was willing to let go because you wanted to be let go of. But the father who never stopped loving you and never stopped waiting for you to come back. And the father who never quit being your father. Everlasting father. He just... He never... He never... He never stops. Wonderful counselor. Now look at this. John 1.18. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, which is Jesus who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. So do you want to know what the Father heart of God is like? We don't get to, we do not yet have the right to physically enter the throne room of heaven in the presence of the Father. Um, but We become crispy critters. But if you want to know, if you want some glimpse, some understanding of what the Father is like, what the heart of the Father is like. What the Father heart of God is like. says right here. We haven't seen God. Only Jesus, who is in the bosom of the Father, has been in God's presence. But when we see Jesus, we know what the Father heart of God is like. That's why Jesus is called the Logos. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Logos. The Logos means everything that you can possibly squeeze into a representational form to help you understand something that's a bigger concept. Jesus, it came in human form so that we could begin to prepare our puny human brains for who God really is and what he is really like. This is, when you want to know, when you think of the Father heart of God, you just think of Jesus. Because Jesus has... The word explained also means revealed or demonstrated. You want to know what God's like? Jesus. Do you know what the Father heart of God is like? Jesus. Do you want to know what it's like to have an everlasting Father? Jesus. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father who always loves, never lets go. So let's put this all together. i just to shrink it down. And his name shall be called the king who makes decisions and takes actions that change history. Oh my goodness. What would just happen? I've never experienced anything like that in my life. I am humble. I am totally in awe because he is a king who will always behave heroically and selflessly and use his power to deliver me never to oppress me or intimidate me and who will never give up on me and will always love me and nurture me and be there for me forever. That's right. We're not even finished. We got one more next week. Stay tuned. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The child will be born to you and the government will rest upon his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and next week, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Father, in the name of Jesus. We still don't... Our brains just aren't big enough to to grasp all the implications of this, God. But we do, we do, we do, we do believe that you are faithful. Lord, thank you for giving us so many opportunities to trust you and for giving us the grace to let you carry us while you finish your work in us.